God's People at SignalingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. On the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord visited us and said, Seal my people by my word. As angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Of course, this is a direct command from our Lord. It denotes the time uh, that we are living in is evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. We are in the last days. There will be pestilence plagues. Uh, there will be earthquakes in divers places. Uh, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And we realize that that's the time that we're living in. And we're going to be talking about the sealing of God's people in their foreheads and what that entails. Well, the Lord said, be ye holy, even as I am holy. And what is holiness? These exceedingly great and precious promises given to each one of us that we can escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of His divine nature, not ours, His divine nature. And that is holiness. And it's through these promises, through believing the Word of God, that the works that we do that will glorify our Lord Jesus in heaven, where the forerunner has already entered in. Let's take a look at the, at the different various levels of glory. And then the last day, perfection, coming face to face with Jesus, and that face being the glory. For God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, we first start off, and if you've been following the podcast, we first start off as newborn babes in Christ. And those babes desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. But Paul, as he's talking to the church at Corinth, he said, I have to speak unto you as babes and not as fully grown, not as men. He expects us to grow up unto the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man. As we see the different levels of sealing, this was also called in the Old Testament and the breastplate of the priest and his garments of glory and beauty, three different areas of growth, three different engravings, the engravings of a signet, of a sign, a loftov. You see, a signet is a sign, S-I-G-N, E-T, a loftov. The loftov there on the signet is the aloft through the tov, which is the Hebrew abecedary from A to Z, the aloft through the tov, or in Greek, the alpha and the omega. Jesus is all of those, all the attributes of God from A to Z is Jesus Christ, the Holy One of Israel. But what he talks about, for out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters, this he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to pray the Father, give you another comforter. There, that, that the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now, it's not just the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. But when the Spirit 
there to get it to us. The spirit of God's always been the spirit of God. But when he says ghost, the ghost is the spirit of a person. There, Jesus is called the Holy Ghost because it's a spirit of a departed person. He has expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the comfort of the Holy Ghost will not come. But if I go away, I will send the comforter, the Holy Ghost, that will lead you and guide you into all truth. Therefore, for us to be holy, even as the Lord Jesus is holy, we must obey these great and precious promises whereby we can be made partaker of his divine nature, not ours, but his. Now, holiness, we find that in Romans 5, this grace reigns through righteousness. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Who is that servant? Isaiah 43.10 says, Thus saith the Lord and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. I am that servant. That literally made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself, even to the death, the death of the cross. That is not God, Jr. That is God. The Lord Jehovah God himself made himself a body of flesh and blood. For it's written in the book, I come to do thy will, O God, in the volume of this book, from Genesis to Revelation. I come to do thy will, O God, for a body thou hast prepared me. That me is the Lord God Almighty, preparing himself a body of flesh and blood. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman. There's no spirit, the senior saying to spirit junior, go down there and die for the sin of the world. No, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Galatians 4, verse 4, made of a woman, made in under the law. Now, Jesus, who was made in under the law, in order to redeem us that were under the law, he was not an Adam before the fall, he was an Adam after the fall. We find that in Hebrews 2, for as much then as the children are protectors of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that in all things he was made like unto his brethren. Tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin, Hebrews 4.15. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Holy One of Israel. The law required blood. But it had to be holy blood. It had to be righteous blood. It had to be a perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God. In order for that to be accomplished, he had to obtain salvation for each of us by fulfilling the law. And what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh. God sending his own son, the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And righteousness is that he proceeded from the Father, John 16. He proceeded from the Father, came into the world, died, was buried, and rose again, and went back to the Father. Not beside him, but to the Father. Not around him but to the Father, set down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3. We find that Jesus is glorified with the Father's own self 
and declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. That's when he is proclaimed, proclamated, and promulgated to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead because he will not suffer his Holy One to see corruption. Say ye of him who God has sanctified and sent into the world that I blaspheme because I say I am the Son of God, Jesus said. He was sanctified and sent into the world. What sanctified? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. He is the word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was, that was made. And that word was made flesh. Dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten Son of God. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, that is a monogonese huos, or in other translations, the monogonese theos, the only begotten God, he hath declared him. Where is he? In the bosom of the Father. Who is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So we're seeing Jesus made in under the law to redeem us that were under the law. But he had to be this perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God. Then he said, Be ye perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now that requires a full mature to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ in order to obtain that salvation. As we see in the Word of God that Holiness is required. But how do you get there? Well, we have the Holy Ghost, which is that Holy Spirit of promise, that after you, that you have received the Word of God, you were sealed. When? After that you have received the Word. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until the day of the Lord, until the promised possession. But the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth. And that is line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here little, there little. Now we're going to go to Second Thessalonians, the second chapter. We're going to see then in the last days that there is mystery of iniquity, the mystery of lawlessness. The mystery is not something that cannot be understood or revealed but it is within in other words a secret within that can be obtained and, re and revealed and known we find there in 2nd Thessalonians 1 that Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica said that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another brethren we're bound to thank God for you and all your tribulations and persecutions that you endure. Now, this tribulation and persecution that you endure is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Seeing that is a righteous thing with God to render tribulation to them that have troubled you, that you might be worthy of the kingdom of God is not Christ in you the hope of glory, 
but is the kingdom age, that you might make that kingdom of heaven. And Jesus states there in Matthew 7, not all that saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. And they will begin to profess unto Jesus, Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name, done many wonderful works in your name, and cast out devils in your name? Now, they were not uh, deceived that they, uh, they, Jesus didn't say, no, you really didn't do these things before they did in the name of Jesus, but because they did not do the will of God, they uh, presumed things. God said that you thought you were altogether one with me, but in that day, I will rise up and reprove you. A mistaken identity because they did, brought, did not do the will of God, did not bring forth righteousness. You see, grace reigns through righteousness. In Romans 5, that sin reigned by death, but grace reigns. But there's something there that reigns by, through righteousness. That's because Jesus, who proceeded from the Father, came into the world, died, rose again, and went back to the Father, sat down with him in his throne, Glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5, with the glory he had with him before the world was. Therefore, he, the forerunner, has already entered in. Now for us to enter in, we're to walk as he walked. The sealing of God in three different levels of glory. We see in 1 John 2, verse 12 through 14. He said, I write in you little children. Now you've gone from babes, babies, which desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, you've grown to little children. Now in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, he tells us what the little children are. John says, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I've written to you little children because you have known the Father. There's two criteria there. Number one, you're born again and you've come to little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you know that Jesus is the Father. He's not Father Junior. He's not Jehovah Junior. He's not God Junior. He's not Spirit Junior. He's not a second person of the Godhead. There's no such thing. That's the delusion, the strong delusion that has taken the whole world. Now, God is calling his people out, but not only of false doctrine, but into all the truth, not a partial truth, but all the truth. The Bibliaridian, the little book taken out of the angel's hand, told that John in Revelation 10, eat you all of it, not part of it, not one verse, but eat you all of it. Take that book out of the angel's hand. The angel spoke to John. And John said, I took the book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. Ate what? Ate all of it. Not one verse, but all of it. It was sweet to his mouth as honey and bitter to his belly. Notice that John took it. No one's going to give it to you. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, men pressed their way into it. Just as Paul stated, stated that I am not perfect yet, neither have I already attained. But I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ, reaching forth of those things which are before, forgetting those things which are behind, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
Now, what is that mark? What is that high calling of God in Christ Jesus? That is the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ that for whom the Lord fed for knew in his foreknowledge, those that he foreknew, them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Those that he predestinated, them he also called. Them that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Now, not partial, not partial truth, but all truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. It's through the word of God. Therefore, in that first ceiling, that first level of growth in the glory of God is that of little children. Two criteria. Your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. How were your sins forgiven for his name's sake? Peter have the keys to the kingdom, said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Not because your sins are remitted, for the remission of your sins. That heart has to be circumcised. Body of sins of the flesh cut off by circumcision. Colossians 2.12. Through the circumcision made without hands. Which is the circumcision of Christ. By baptism. As many as been baptized into Christ. Have put on Christ. That is your wedding garment. There. The first level is your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Well, you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. After that, you repented and were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you were baptized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you never took on the name of Jesus Christ. You have not believed in the name of the Son of God. Because believing the name of the Son of God is Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation. Not Jehovah Junior. Not God Junior. Not second person of the Godhead. But God himself manifest in flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 The mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ is the full understanding of that mystery. What that mystery? The mystery of God. Christ in you. The hope of glory. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, Colossians 2, 9. In whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's a mystery of Christ. That's a mystery of godliness. But what's a mystery of iniquity? And that's what we're focusing on here today. What is a mystery of iniquity? What is that great deception that God will send strong delusion that all that those that had pleasure in unrighteousness will be damned because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. It's something that is very, very serious and mandatory, essential for salvation. When Paul talked about that mystery of iniquity, that mystery of iniquity that John said in 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4, I'm going to show you how to try the spirits to see whether they are of God. For many false prophets are entered into the world. They have seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, a neon cross, and easy believism. 
but not the true salvation of the saints of God. It's diluted. It is taking truth and diluting it through the tradition of the elders that made the word of God in that effect. It diluted it. And what is that? Well, it's a mystery of iniquity. That enmity of the spirit, an enemy of the spirit is the flesh. And the flesh is an enemy of the spirit. These two are contrary one to the other. But they come in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, many shall shall come in my name and shall deceive many in his name, in the name of Jesus, claiming to be righteous, claiming to be anointed. But these will be false anointings, false Christ, anti-Christ, something in lieu of Christ that will not bring forth essential, true salvation. They had pleasure in it. Well, that's a mystery of iniquity. If we take a look at 2 Thessalonians and Paul talking to the church. Now, he had written the first letter. And he said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and a man remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. Well, the church at Thessalonica thought, well, he's coming any minute. The imminent return of Jesus. Not realizing that the heavens must receive Jesus to the times of the restitution of all things. Acts 3, 20, 21. The heavens must receive, receive Jesus. He must be there until what? Until the times of the restitution a restoration of all things. What things? The Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us into all things, the things of faith, all truth, the things of truth, which is the word of God through the spirit of truth. And that spirit is holy. Many people will pray for gifts, the gifts of the Holy Ghost, not realizing that if you want the spirit, that you must also be holy. You can't have the Spirit of God without the holiness of God. It runs hand in hand. And I'm not talking about a dress code here. We're talking about these exceedingly great and precious promises. The Word of God. That we are able to escape the corruption of the world through lust. The lust of the pride, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. Any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh passes away. But whosoever doeth the will of God shall abide forever. You have to do the will of God. These works that they accompany salvation, that they may glorify your Father in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is through these works, not lying, lying wonders signs, miracles and lying wonders but not the the Trinitarian doctrine in Revelation 16 13 with three unclean spirits like frogs you divide the spirit of God with there's only one one body, one spirit, one Lord one faith, one baptism one God who's the father of all, above all and in us all that is Jesus 
The Lord is that spirit. Colossians 3.17. He is that spirit. He is the Lord. And every knee's going to bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory. Every knee will bow. And no man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. That Lord is Lord Jehovah God Almighty, not Lord Junior, not Jehovah Junior. God Almighty. Now the mystery of iniquity. Paul said that mystery of iniquity doth already work. John pointed it out that many false prophets are entered into the world. You've got to try the spirits. But how do you try? 1 John 4, 1 said, If I try you the spirits, whether they are of God, for many false prophets are entered into the world. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, not has come. Well, somebody said, well, the new, uh, some of the new translation says, has come, past tense. No, is come. It is a present imperfect tense. Is come. It's not been perfected yet because he still is coming in the flesh. The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, the mystery of godliness, Christ in you is still coming in the body. The body of Christ, the church of the living God, he's the head and you are the body of the Christ. As long as a person is still receiving the Holy Ghost, then Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. He's still coming. There, if any spirit confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, present imperfect tense, is come, is not of God, and is that spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard is already in the world. John stated it, the revelator, the apostle John, along with Paul saying the same thing. In 2 Thessalonians, we're going to find that Paul is speaking to the church at Thessalonica. And at that point, I'm going to read it to you, if you will. You can turn in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians. And we're going to see that Paul is telling them that that day of Christ, that you don't be soon shaken in mind, or by spirit or letter, as from us, as that that day of Christ is at hand. Now, that day of Christ is the second coming of Jesus Christ without sin unto salvation, and our gathering together in him, where we will meet him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. As he spoke in First Thessalonians 4, verse 17, they were shaken. They thought the imminent return of Jesus was just at any moment, and that could be at any time. Yet there were many things that still had to be fulfilled. And because of that, Second Thessalonians, Paul wrote another letter to straighten this out for them to understand, yes, he is coming the second time without sin and salvation for the salvation of his people. But yet there are signs and seasons that that this will take place and for them not to be deceived. And he said it in order in second Thessalonians, that first verse, he's writing to the church, calling them brethren, finally brethren pray for us that the, I'm sorry, 
chapter 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The coming of our Lord is that gathering together unto him. That is the so-called rapture. Where we will meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's setting things in order. And by our gathering together unto him, without a shadow of a doubt, Paul is stating the gathering together of the church to meet the Lord in the air as he spoke to in that first letter, 1 Thessalonians 4.17. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us. That first letter I wrote to you, don't be shaken by that because the things must be set in order according to the seasons. As that the day of Christ is at hand. That's the day of Christ is the day of the Lord. It'll be a joyous day for us. But for the world, it will be a great and terrible day. For the Lord there at that time, that those that have desired the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. As a destruction from the Almighty, so shall it come. It's a day of darkness, a day of gloominess, a day of thick clouds upon the mountains. This day, the day of the Lord, and are gathered together unto him, he is sending an order here that we not, not to be soon shaken or troubled. Oh, we've got the COVID-19. We've got the coronavirus. Well, these are the beginning of sorrows. There'll be earthquakes in diverse places. Famine, pestilence, sword, no some beast. No, these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pangs. And so shall they be. But we're not soon shaken in mind. We know the signs of the time. We, the body of Christ, are preparing to meet the Lord. But we're going on in glory, seeking his face. You see, when Solomon, after the dedication of the temple, not of Moses' tabernacle in Passover, Moses' tabernacle was, was dedicated in Passover. That is the first in Abib and Nisan. That's the beginning of uh, that salvation of the souls coming up out of Egypt, passing over the Red Sea, the Reed Sea, and therefore entering into the wilderness there, during the wilderness journey of 40 years, there will be to see, to test, to see if each one of them loved the Lord with all their heart, soul, and might. The wilderness experience is where we're pilgrims and strangers in this present evil world. And our faith is tried as by fire. That our faith can come forth as pure gold when we're tried. Faith will be tried, but faith will yield on to virtue, virtue to knowledge, knowledge. We will add to that knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness. And then finally, from brotherly kindness to charity. Now, charity is that final step in glory. That charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Charity is the bonding guarantee of perfectness 
Somebody says, you can't be perfect in this flesh. You're not going to be in the flesh, but in the spirit. For those that walk according to the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Be ye holy, even as I am holy, Jesus said. But we are to perfect holiness. Sanctifying ourselves holy. Spirit, soul, and body through the Spirit, the leading of the Holy Ghost. Many will say, well, God, I want the gifts. I want to work in the word of, of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healings, miracles, prophecy, diversity of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. I want to have these discerning of spirits. I want to have these different gifts working in my life, the nine spiritual gifts. We find that also in the Corinth church. But Paul, when he came there, said, I have to speak unto you as unto carnal, as unto babes, because you're not fully grown. You're still carnally minded. Why? Because there'd be divisions among you, envying, strife, and hate. Are you still not yet carnal? He could not speak to them as a fully grown, fully mature Men, not little babies, not young little children, but not as fathers. He had to speak to them as unto carnal mind. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. No matter what you go through. No matter what the happenings of this life bring you through. The peace of God passes all understanding. That mind is the mind of Christ. But we don't have that at first. We're just little children. Our sins are forgiven for his name's sake. We've known the Father. We've gone that far. Then he says, I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you. I write unto you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. That word of God is strong in you. How did you get that word? Well, Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, there's a key word there, holy. Holy and acceptable unto God. Well, what if God gives me gifts? I'm desiring the gifts, but I am not holy. I don't sanctify myself holy, both spirit, soul, and body. Then I deceive myself. Just as the church at Corinth was doing, still being carnally minded, yet working in all these gifts, but not, not sanctifying themselves, not being holy, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. That is a dire mistake. Not just a dress code. Wonderful. Somebody said, well, I have these, these convictions. You have faith, have it to yourself. That faith is conviction. Touch not, handle not. These things not to the satisfying of the flesh. Have a show of wisdom in will worship. I will not do this. I will not do that. God dealt with me. I don't wear a ring. I don't wear a watch. I don't do this. And and that's wonderful. Not to the satisfying of the flesh. A show of wisdom in will worship. Not to the satisfying of the flesh. God will accept that. 
But that's not true holiness. Follow peace with all men and without holiness, without holiness, which without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Holiness is required. But how do you get there? Sanctifying yourself. Sanctifying what? Yourself through the belief of the truth. And we're going to see that in 2 Thessalonians. In this strong delusion, in this mystery of iniquity, it doth already work. Now, even in the time of Paul and the apostles, John said it was there. In the book of Acts, it was there. And that mystery of iniquity, if the mystery of godliness is Christ in you, the hope of glory, that mystery of iniquity, that secret thing within, are the desires of the flesh, the members of the flesh. And it's a natural thing to a man. But we find that grace reigns through righteousness, Romans 5. Then he goes on in Romans 6 and tells us, Whosoever yield your, whosoever you yield your members, everything within you, your senses, uh, taste, touch, smell, everything that you have in your senses exercised thereby. It has to be exercised unto holiness, unto the Spirit, brought every thought and imagination, brought in subjection to the Spirit of God, casting down every imagination that brought exalts itself against the Lord Jesus Christ. For our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God. But they can still have a carnal mind, even working in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, just as it was in the church at Corinth. For we find Paul saying, look, are you still not yet carnal? I can't, I'm speaking to you as, as babes that are, are still on the milk. We find in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, talking about Melchizedek, the king priesthood of which we are all called of that high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I cannot speak this unto you, seeing it's hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. You don't have spiritual ears. I cannot bring this to you. You're still babes. And a babe in Christ are unskillful in the word of righteousness. You don't have that word. You don't have those goods. You don't have that revelation. For all those that are of full age are weaned from the milk. You're not on milk anymore. But you have your senses exercised thereby to discern good from evil. You, by being one with the Lord, crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust, are able through your senses, sight, hear, smell, taste, touch, to discern both good from evil. Confessing that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, a one God, a Jesus only doctrine of Christ, that if any man abide not in this doctrine, in that doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. What is that doctrine of Christ? Christ is that spirit. Christ is the Father. He's the Word. He's the Holy Ghost. Christ is Jehovah Lord God Almighty. We see it in First Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that the Old Testament prophets, at Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets all the way to Malachi were moved on and spoke by the Spirit, prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That is a capital S. Christ is that Spirit. He is the Lord. He is El Shaddai. He's Elohim. He's Jehovah. He's the Lord God Almighty. 
Christ is the Lord. Somebody said, I thought he was just a man. That God was in Christ. Christ is that spirit. All those Old Testament prophesied, all those Old Testament prophets prophesied by the spirit of Christ that was in them. When they spoke beforehand of the sufferings of Christ, 1 Peter 1.11. Well, Christ, that spirit is in, in that man, Christ is not Christ Jr., Christ, the man, is Christ, the Spirit of God. And he's going to progressively glorify his own human back to himself. For God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself. That was in the days of his flesh. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Because there, the man, the man Christ Jesus, had to become one of us in order to redeem us under the law. He had to be under the law also. We find that in Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made in under the law. A man under the law, just like you and me. Howbeit, when Jesus was born... He didn't receive the Holy Ghost. He didn't receive the Spirit of God. He is the Spirit of God. God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelled, housed permanently in Christ Jesus. The Word was made flesh. The Word, not Word Junior. The Word was God is God and is to come God. He's glorifying his own human back to himself, fulfilling the law in every measure, ceremonial, judicial, and uh, uh, the ceremonial, judicial, as well as uh, uh, the civil. That taking the ordinances of that law in the days of his flesh, nailing it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, that separated God from man, thereby of the twain, God and all mankind, making one new man. And that new man is the Lord Jesus Christ. And 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five, the first man Adam was made a living soul. That second Adam was made a quickening spirit. Small s. Why? Because the spirit of that man there. We're literally glorified with God's own self, with that spirit. Set down with the Father in his throne. All things given unto him. With the glory he had with the, the Father before the foundation of the world. Went back to his former glory. To that of the Father. Glorified with the Father's own self. John seventeen five. He is that Holy One. The devil saw Jesus and said, We know thee who thou art. You're the Holy One of Israel. And that is a capital H and a capital O, Holy One. You are the Messiah. The, the Yeshua HaMashiach. You are Jesus, the Messiah. You're the Christ that should come into the world. You're God with us. Not God Jr. with us. You're God with us. 
And now he said, the words that I speak are not mine, but the father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. He's the one that's working the works of God, healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosing the dumb tongue, the lame walking, the captive going free. He is holy. Now he said, be ye holy, even as I am holy. That holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. How do you obtain that? How do you become holy? Not through your own works of righteousness, which we have done. For our own righteousness is as filthy rags. It is of him, by him, and through Christ Jesus in his holiness. That's attributed to us that he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. He's holy. He knows all things. He is all truth. But it's been given to us. Our lives hid with God in Christ. There we see this mystery of iniquity that Paul is talking about. That we, as the body of Christ, must yield our members unto Christ in obedience. Somebody said, well, it's not required in obedience. You know, we just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we're saved. The Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. You have to sanctify yourselves holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, both spirit, soul, and body. Why? That we may all be presented blameless at his coming, both spirit, soul, and body. That mystery of iniquity, that mystery uh, that is in, that secret thing that works within man in the members of the flesh that must be crucified in order to do the will of God. We find that in Romans 6. Paul stated to the church at Rome, this is what you must do. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, obedience there. Whosoever you yield your members, that mystery of iniquity works in those members. It wants to be exalted. It wants to lord over things. Man wants to be the head. It wants to do that in the flesh, not in the spirit, in the flesh. It wants to be uh, people bowing down to them, to have power over them. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans, Nico, to rule over laitans, the laity, to rule over the laity of God, not giving God the glory. We want to be lifted up in that. We want to be uh, somehow approved of God to the point where we in the flesh rule over God's heritage because of our dazzling brilliance and oratory ability. But God will not have it. Paul put it this way. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey. Now the Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. But Paul said, of sin unto death. Well, somebody said, you've got the Holy Ghost. Yes, but to be carnally minded is death. Even though you have the Holy Ghost, you don't obey it. You don't obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. And as many as are led to the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. But because we don't obey it, then we become carnally minded, even though we have the Spirit of, of truth within us. But we quench that Spirit. We don't obey. We make that Spirit serve with our sins. And when we do that, then the Holy Ghost backs up 
because he's holy. The Spirit of God, he will grow in the truth. It is the truth of the Holy Ghost. He is the Spirit of truth, but it's holy. You have to walk as Jesus walked. Notice that Paul said, Whosoever you yield your members of service to obey, him of the service to whom you obey. That's a mystery of iniquity, of sin unto death. That's a mystery of iniquity. It works in man. It was working back in, in Paul's day. They didn't, they, he said, You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. First Peter 4 1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, be ye therefore likewise minded, for he that hath suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Suffered in the flesh? Yes. Crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. That's a mystery of iniquity. That mystery of iniquity is that mystery of lawlessness. It's lawlessness. Not being led of the Spirit of God. Not obeying it. It's carnally minded. Even though the Holy Ghost said, here's the way, here's the truth, walk you in it. And the flesh is no, God will still accept you. You're saved anyway. You're sanctified. You don't have to obey everything there. You don't have to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. You can love the world and still have God. That's the mystery of iniquity. It's it's lawlessness. It's a secret thing that works in man that elevates the flesh, which is enmity, an enemy of the spirit. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him of the him are you the servants to whom you obey? Somebody said, I've got the Holy Ghost. You have to obey it. To be carnally minded is obedience of sin unto death, even though you have the Holy Ghost, which is holy, or, or of obedience unto righteousness. What is righteousness? Well, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Why? Because the forerunner's already entered in, and he has prepared a place for us at the right hand of God that we're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1 said what he wrought to usward, the body of Christ, when he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. There, Jesus, preparing us a place, not him, us. He's God. He is the Father of glory. He sat down with the Father in his throne. But we have that seat at the right hand of God. Sit, S-I-T, at the right hand of God in heavenly places. For Jesus said, Whosoever overcometh, overcometh, shall be given to sit what? Sit, S-I-T, in my throne. That's at the right hand of God. We're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a state of glory, settled. Set down with my Father in, in his throne, not beside it, in it. Well, this is a mystery of iniquity. The great delusion, the strong delusion, the great deception in the last days will be sent by God to literally separate the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane, the holy from the profane, those that serve God versus that ones that do not serve God. And he is expounding on this to the church in that second letter to 
the church at Thessalonica. In 2 Thessalonians 2, he states that the coming of the Lord and are gathering together unto him. Verse 2, that you be not soon shaken in mind, troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as at the day of Christ is at hand. Why? He's talking about the deception. Let no man deceive you by any means. There's man-made doctrines out there, doctrines of devils, seducing spirits, neon crosses, not the true cross of Jesus. Paul said we're troubled on every side, but we're not in distress, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? That the life of our Lord Jesus may be manifest in us. For we which live are always delivered unto death, that the life of our Lord Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal bodies. So you're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. That is destroying that secret thing of the members of the flesh. There is the crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. Those are Christ. And uh, Jesus said it there that why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you? You draw close to me with your mouth, but yet your heart is far away from me. It tries the heart. It tries the reins of the heart. And God, guard, guard your heart, because out of your heart proceed all the issues of life. So on the last day, deception will try the hearts of men. And your heart determines your destiny. We made him make sure that that heart is 100% in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul goes on and tells the church at Thessalonica that let no man deceive you by any means. For that day are gathered together in the Lord Jesus Christ shall not come except there come a falling away first. A falling away? Well, I'm in the faith. I can't fall away. Sure you can. We can all fall away. We can set a sin unto death. For there is a sin unto death. We have to overcome to the end. The same shall be saved. First Timothy 4 verse 1. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith. There it is. Not everyone, but some shall depart from the faith. Why? Because iniquity will abound. This fleshly Jesus, this fleshly uh, uh, doctrine of Christ, anything goes, but you don't have to have any works that accompany salvation. You don't have to obey the Holy Ghost to be holy. If, if any, any way you want to live is fine. Jesus loves you. And you're saved no matter what you do. You're once saved, always saved. That is not so. Because he said that if you add anything to the words of prophecy of this book, the plagues of this book will be added unto you. If you take away from the words of the prophecy of this book, the revelation of Jesus, then you, your names will be blotted out of the book of life and out of the holy city. If they were there, they had to be there in order to be blotted out. Friend, obedience is required. And the same that overcome to the end, the same shall be saved. 
that speak, spirit speaketh expressly in the latter days. First Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4.1, some shall depart from the faith. They're going to depart from it. Giving heed to seducing spirits. Easy believisms. No cross of Jesus. You're not suffering with him. You see that false church says, Mystery Babylon the Great says, I am a queen. That false church, I'm a queen. I am no widow, and I will see no sorrow. I will have no birth pains. I will have no tribulation and persecution for his name's sake, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that I might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God. But she says, no, we will have none. Jesus paid it all on the cross. I have no cross. When Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. Pick up your cross and come and follow me. Well, that's a crucified life. But now we have a crossless Christianity. That's a mystery of iniquity working, and it's already working, Paul said. He said, let no man deceive you. There's going to come a falling away first. There are going to be some that depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, having the conscience seared by the hot iron. What conscience? Well, the conscience there is the spirit of man. Your conscience has been purged from dead works to serve the living God, but you must serve him. Well, what if you don't serve him? You don't obey him. Then it becomes hardened. That heart becomes hardened in the spirit. And he that is often reproved, stiffens his neck and hardens his heart, shall be cut off and that without remedy. And God will send the strong delusion in the latter days, in these days, that all that had pleasure in unrighteousness all might be down because we receive not the love of the truth that might be saved. For this reason, God sends strong delusion. We've turned away from God. Come and let us return to the Lord for he hath torn. Well, we're told the devil does that. Hosea 6, 1, God said, I do that. Deuteronomy 32, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal, saith the Lord. Shall there be evil in the city, and I, the Lord God, hath not done it. I cause it to rain on one city and not on another, that you may return unto me, and still you would not. All of these judgments are judgments of God. Even insurance companies know that. They have, well, this is an act of God. There was a, a whirlwind. There was a tornado. There was a hurricane. An act of God. Well, they know it is. Well, the, the so-called Christian world says, oh, no, that, that uh, they rebuke that devil. <laughs> when it's God doing it. Shall there be evil in the city? Trouble in the city? Persecution in the city? All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. What? For his name's sake. And you've got to be counted worthy of that to suffer shame for his name's sake. This is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the true cross. If I glory at all, Paul said, I'll glory in the cross. Realizing that mystery of iniquity must be destroyed. The mystery of godliness, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery of iniquity, lawlessness. You're not obeying the Spirit of God. Even though you have the Spirit of God, you must obey it. That's iniquity, lawlessness, not obeying it. Some shall depart from the faith. They're giving heed to these seducing spirits. Doctrines of devils, having their conscience seared with a hard iron. Your conscience has been purged from dead works to serve the living God. If so be that you have learned Christ as Christ is in you. How did that 
How did that conscience become purged from dead works? Because you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by baptism. Colossians 2, 10 through 12. That's how you did it. In obedience for the remission of your sins, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, which is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You were born of this, of that water and you receive the Holy Ghost. You're born of the Spirit. Acts 38. Well, Paul said there's going to be many, not all, but there's going to be some departing from the faith here. And that's exactly what he said. That day shall not come until there come a falling away first. Well, why? Because of seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, this mystery of iniquity working in them. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. It's going to lead to that man of sin, the son of perdition, being revealed. As it was in Jesus' day, it was Judas Iscariot, Iscariot, man of the world. Judas celebrated Iscariot, Manahadan. In the book of Judges, this Iscariot, man of Kerioth, behold, is behind Manahadan, the city of Dan. What happened there? That in the north, they set up these these uh, pillars, this, this uh, became sin. This be God's to you, Israel. It's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. And there he made those golden calves, and it become a sin there in the north, in the city of Dan, Manehe Dan, and these be your gods. And he changed the seasons. Just like the Antichrist in the last days will think to change times and seasons. He'll say that, no, this season of tabernacles is not so. The Feast of Trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus is not so. The work of the ministry is not so. He'll come against that. Not understanding the work of the ministry in Ephesians 4.12. This is now what God is doing, separating his people, calling them out of organized religion. These various denominations, heresies. Heresies are chisms, various denominations, not being one in God, but this one having this idea, that one, that one, various ideas, various uh, doctrines of man, man-made doctrines. But God's calling his people out to bring them into the fullness of measure of the stature of Jesus Christ unto the truth, in the spirit of truth. Sanctifying yourself holy. Take a look at Second Thessalonians 2. Read along with me. Because this, gathering together unto him, the coming of the Lord, or gathering together unto him, will not come come the come of falling away first. The man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And that is happening now. First Timothy 4.1. Paul told Timothy, this is going to happen. The Spirit speaketh expressly, not with a shadow of a doubt, There'll be some departing from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. What's that? You don't have to believe God all the way to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. You don't have to come to perfection. Any way you'll do, just as long as you believe in God, it'll all pan out. The pan out doctrine. You believe in Jesus, everything's taken care of. No, it's not. You have to obey the Spirit of God just as it is in Paul talking to the church at Rome, saying in Romans 6, that whosoever you yield your members of service, obey him of the servants to whom you obey. 
whether of sin or to death, that's carnally minded, or of obedience unto righteousness. Then of, of righteousness unto holiness. The only way you get to holiness is obedience unto righteousness. Then unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Hosea speaks of that in Hosea 6, 1. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he's the one that's torn. He will aid us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. In the third day, we're in the third day now. Not revival anymore. Somebody said, revival's coming. This is not revival. This is a new thing. We're in the third day. A different season. A higher glory than Pentecost. Tabernacleist. And that season of tabernacles in the seventh month, of which Solomon dedicated his temple in the seventh month. And Solomon prayed a prayer that God, any time that we departed from you, look upon this city, upon this temple, and forgive. God spoke to Solomon and said, If my people, which are called by my name, in other words, you many have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ of who the whole family in heaven and earth is named, Jesus, you took on the name Jesus by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for his name's sake, which is the name of the Father. Father's not a name, the name of the Father is Jesus. John five forty three, I've come in my Father's name. He comes in into Jerusalem. This is uh, him that's come on the coat of the fowl of an ass. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. John 17, Jesus said, I've manifested your name, O Holy Father. Keep through your own name those that thou hast given me. The name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. No one will refute that. And call his name Jesus, Matthew one twenty one, Because he will save his people from his sin. Jehovah from their sin. Jehovah's salvation. Jesus. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? John 14, John 16. I've sent the, the comfort of the Holy Ghost in my name. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? Jesus. There's only one spirit there. The Father, Word, and Holy Ghost, these three are one. First John 5, 7. Heist. Exactly the self-same spirit. John 10, 39. My Father, are one. Are one that is heist. Not in a union, whom, but heist. H-E-I-S, meaning one and the self-same spirit. The Son of God is... The Father revealed the same Spirit. Only one Spirit. Jesus is that Spirit. He is the Lord. The Lord is that Spirit. Colossians 3.17. Where the Spirit of the Lord is liberty. We got to stand there in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free. Be not entangled again with those yoke of bondages. Don't go after these seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. This easy believism, a crossless Christianity. Paul said, if I glory at all, I'll glory in that cross. The world's crucified unto me and me unto the world. Well, here Paul is laying this out line by line to the church at Thessalonica and says, who this man of sin, the son of perdition, verse four, who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he as God setteth in a temple of God, showing himself that he is God, capital G-O-D. Now, take a good look at that. So, that all that is called God or that is worshipped, he exalts himself above that. This is the man of sin, the son of perdition. This is that Judah, Iscariot, 
The same was the son of perdition that came against Jesus and betrayed him with a kiss. Said he loved him, but betrayed him, betrayed him with a kiss. The Son of Man goeth as is written of him, but woe by who, uh, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It is better for him that he never been born. A devil from the beginning. Deceitful. Well, the mystery of iniquity. Watch what, watch what Paul says. He's going to come against all that is God or that is called God. Or that is worship. He's coming against everything of the of the Roman papacy, <clears throat> of emperors of Rome that were they called themselves God demanded worship. In the last days, this false beast, this false son of God, the image to the beast, not an image of God, an image of the beast. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the express image of his singular person. Hebrews one, verse one through three. But this is an image to the beast. Dragon, beast, and false prophet. The dragon is a false father. Beast had the deadly wound and was healed, and they made an image to the beast. Not an image to the dragon, not an image of the so-called father, an image of the beast. And that beast that was made an image of the beast, that he that had that deadly wound and was healed, had power to give life to that beast, that it should both speak and live. A false doctrine of the Son of God. The Son of God is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. The Son of God, number one, is the everlasting Father. Two, manifest, seen, revealed, manifest. That's a mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. First Timothy 3.16. Isaiah 9, 5, to us, to that uh, a woman, of uh, uh, a child is born. A son is given. The child is born, but a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his shoulders. Not shoulders, plural, shoulder. Jesus rested the cross upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. That's only called of God. A wonder of a wonder. Capital W, wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, not the mighty son of God, the mighty God. Who is he? The everlasting father, not the everlasting son, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. So Mr. Babylon the Great, all the denominations of this world, for the most part, in the Protestant religion, have called him the God-man. In 325 A.D., they came up with a Trinitarian doctrine. In 451 A.D., they came up with the God-man. On his father's side, he's divine. On his mother's side, he is human. On his father's side, divine, therefore son of God. And on his mother's side, human, therefore son of man. That's a lie. That's a lie out of hell. The son of man is the father. Not referring to some flesh. John 3.13, no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. You want the sealing of God in the last days? In their forehead? That sealing is holiness. It requires obedience. The Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. 
not just saying, oh, well, uh, this is faith without works. Yeah, without works of the law. But by the works of the law, no flesh shall be saved. But their works and obedience that accompany salvation for faith without works is dead. Can faith alone save you? James says no. Faith without works is dead, being alone. If you see a man out there that is hungry and, and, uh, and naked, you said, be thou clothed and fed. You spoke faith well, but because you did not obey and do, it, it, it falls on the ground. It's nothing, not a void. You show me your faith, James says, without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. There's works that accompany salvation. Obedience to the Holy Ghost. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. You've got to obey that Spirit. And He's holy. Somebody said, well, they lie, cheat, and steal, but yet they work the works of God. No, they don't. That is a false sign. Miracles and lying wonders. They follow a Trinity God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, which is three unclean spirits like frogs. Revelation 16, 13. These are the spirits of frogs, uh, three unclean spirits like frogs, uh, which are spirits of devils working miracles. And you're following them. You're following them, not giving the Son of God the glory of the Father. That's iniquity. That's a mystery of iniquity. Because the Holy Ghost will not reveal the truth unto you except you're holy. In obedience, it requires obedience. Obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, Romans 6. And that's how grace affects your life. Grace is not just something that is nothing that is a, that is stagnant. It's dynamic. Grace. How is it, how does it reign? It reigns through righteousness. Righteousness is the effectual working of the Holy Ghost upon your heart. Holiness and its reflection in life. You're in a living epistle. Through obedience. Through obedience to the saving of your soul. Overcoming to the end, the same shall be saved. So it requires always walk, walking in the light as he's in the light. Then you have fellowship one with another. That's blood flow. Loving the brethren, the body of Christ. Pass from death unto life because you have love for the brethren. Brotherly love. But then it comes on to charity. And a charity will cover a multitude of sins. It's the bond or guarantee of perfectness that you're going to get there. That charity rejoices in the truth. Seeketh not its own, not puffed up. And and that charity that you see is not just love. It's the love of God based in doing His will in obedience to the Spirit of God. That's charity. It's the love of God in keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. There is a rest for the people of God. Hebrews 4, Paul stated, Take heed lest a promise, a singular promise, slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering into His rest, the rest of the Holy Ghost, Jesus. If Jesus, if Jesus had given them rest, if he'd given to them at that time. He said, I have many things to tell you disciples. You're not able to bear them now. When the cover of the Holy Ghost has come, he'll speak of me for all that the Father's given is given unto me, and he will show you things that will come to pass. Those things are the things of faith. It's the testimony of Jesus. 
the spirit of prophecy, knowing those things that are coming upon the face of the earth to try the earth. When the Lord arises to do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act, don't mock at it, lest your bands be made strong. Isaiah 28. For I have heard of the Lord of hosts a consumption decreed upon the whole earth. But this overflowing scourge, this delusion that God is sending, this deception, it has surprised the hypocrite. He thinks he's fine. He's gone in two. He's made a covenant with death and hell. It's not that holy covenant. The holy covenant is holy. Those that have indignation against the holy covenant. He shall corrupt by flatteries. People love flatteries? Yeah, if that, if that flesh, the works of that flesh, that flesh is not totally crucified, they will have indignation against that holy covenant, against that holiness of God in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. And he will corrupt them by flatteries. They literally, he by peace, he shall destroy many. He'll, he'll take the kingdom by flatteries. And that those that want to be flattered, they'll fall into it. But the ones that cling to the cross of Jesus, the ones that will not accept that flattery, not lift up themselves, but have that flesh crucified with affections of the lust, will not be deceived because they will have the sealing of God in their forehead. And that sealing of God is what God is doing now. Sealing his servants in their forehead. There will be the only ones that will not be hurt of those judgments. They will not be deceived by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They are sealed in Revelation 7 and in Revelation 9 and the fifth trumpet, the key to the bottomless pit, and there came out locusts and a burning furnace. And these locusts have a king over them that Abaddon and Apollyon, the destroyer. And it is given to them that they would hurt not any three, only those men. They are to hurt only those men that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. In their foreheads, what is that seal? What is it? Well, it's knowing the work, but that's not all. It's coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. As we're going to see. That mystery of iniquity is working. And Paul's warning against it. He's telling the church at Thessalonica, listen, don't be deceived by any man. Nor by angels. They're uh, losing your reward in a voluntary and humility worshiping of angels. Intruding of those things which you knoweth not. Vainly puffed up. What? By your fleshly mind. That's that carnality. That mind that's not has that mind of Christ. Suffering for his name's sake. For as much then Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, be therefore likewise minded. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Paul said, I die daily. I bring myself under, under subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself should become a castaway. Crucifying the flesh daily. It has to be a daily bread and crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. Paul went on to say, Remember you not that when I was with you, I told thee these things? 
Those things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far. He said, now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Who? The Antichrist, the son of perdition. Revealed in his time? Yes. Because he's going to come against all that is, is called God or that is worshiped. Well, people worship the things of this world. I had not known idolatry except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. Covetousness is idolatry. Setting up things in our heart. Idolatry. Covetousness. Well, somebody said, well, I, I, I love the Lord. I give tithes of all I possess. And I fast twice a week. So I'm okay. Not realizing that he has to go on to the measure of the statue of fullness of Christ, taking on the mind of Christ being sealed in his forehead. Knowing those things, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him, John, to show unto his servants, a revelation, showing to his servants, the servants of God, things which must shortly come to pass. Those are the things of faith that was once delivered to the saints that we've been earnestly contending for. He sent and signified it by his angel unto John. Signified. Signed. The alive Tav. From the A to the Z. Only he, look at, look at, he says there, a mystery of iniquity doth already work. This, this secret thing of the members of the flesh wanting to be exalted. Not crucifying them all, but exalted. These imaginations that exalts itself against Christ. There can be a godly ambition. That's fine. But many a time, they want to take fame, fortune, and money. Mammon. And get exalted in self rather than God. Because they haven't crucified this flesh. That flesh is unruly member. That tongue is unruly member. Set on fire of hell, that tongue. It has to be. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak it. It's a heart issue. Watch what he says here. He, and now you know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. What's withholding? Well, anything of the flesh that has been exalted, or that is called God, or that is worship, is withholding that Antichrist to be revealing his time. It's not the body of Christ. It's not the apostolic authority holding him back. It's the things of this world. It is the things of the flesh and the, and the world, the worldly things, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, those, the spiritual wickedness in high places, the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's plural, rulers of the darkness of this world. That's that mystery of iniquity. Because he said only he uh, now with a hold or let it until he be taken out of the way. Only he now let it or withholds that, restrains that, will be taken until he takes it out of the way. Then what? Because he tells you why? For the mystery of iniquity. For this fleshly desires. This mystery of iniquity doth already work. He tells you what it is. It's a mystery of iniquity. This mystery of lawlessness. Not being led of the Spirit of God. This mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let. 
until he be taken out of the way. What is that? That mystery. That mystery that exalts itself. Wants to be worshipped as God. It wants to be uh, leaders of this world and wickedness in high places. The governments of men. Not of God. The governments of men. But when that's taken out of the way, then that wicked one be, will be revealed. When he's put down. When he's put down all of this, he takes that kingdom by flatteries. And he deceiveth the whole world. But Jesus will destroy with the brightness of his coming and out of that, that sword out of his mouth. That mystery of iniquity, friend, is not the church. It's not a pre-tribulation rapture. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken away. Why? Because the mystery of iniquity doth already work. That mystery of iniquity, iniquity was working back in Paul's day, and it's getting greater and greater, and evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse until the Antichrist through chaos. And he deceiveth the whole world. What? By peace. He comes in at a time of totally, utterly total chaos. And by peace, he will destroy many. He will forecast his devices and prosper. He'll be like a prophet. He'll divide, he will divide the spoil and the prey among the people. They will think he is the savior of the world. He will deceive the whole earth. Paul is warning against this. It's the mystery of iniquity. That is working. But then, when that's the all fleshly desires, he takes over and rules over all, all mankind that do not have the seal of God in their foreheads. You must be sealed. And that is holy, holiness. Let's take a look. He says the mystery of iniquity doth already work. And he's already told you before in verse 6, and now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. What? For the mystery of iniquity. That's what's with you. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. That's what's working. But soon, that man of sin, that man of sin, that antichrist will come in with flatteries. He will come in and buy peace, and we will he'll destroy many. He'll deceive the whole world. That's what's working right now, the mystery of iniquity, that, that secret thing within the flesh that has not been put down. It is not the church. It is not apostolic authority. That's not withholding. Jesus said, I'll, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. To the end, he's here. He's not leaving out and departing now. No. It's this worldly ways, the worldly governments. All these worldly governments and rulers of the darkness and happily all these are the rulers uh, of the darkness of this world. They'll come under this man of sin, the son of perdition. That is what's withholding. But it's come, coming now that, that the Antichrist through this times and economy, economical uh, disasters, that we have uh, the currency falling, stock markets falling, the, the world economy, global economy, going into depression, that there will stand up a man forecasting his devices, and he will prosper. He'll divide 
the, the spoil and the prey among the people. That he will honor the God of forces. And that is a little G-O-D. It'll be a, the epitome of flesh. And they, those that of the flesh, will uh, just aspire to have this man rule over them. Now, by peace, he will destroy many. But the body of Christ will not be deceived because they will have the mark of the high calling of God pressing toward that mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. They will be sealed in their foreheads in Revelation 7 now that God is doing now to those that have an ear to hear. What? By receiving his word that after have you have received this word, you were sealed. And it's progressive. As you walk in the light, you receive more truth. That feeling is there. And it is the whole promised possession given to you simply by obedience already given to you in the Holy Ghost. But it must be obeyed unto all truth. Not some truth, not partial truth, all truth. He said that mystery of iniquity doth already work, that lawlessness now being led in the Spirit of God, not on obedience. The Holy Ghost is given to them that obey Him. It's not through that obedience of the Word that they have not been led of the Spirit of God. These are not the sons of God. They haven't gone on to be an overcomer with the Word of God being strong in them through obedience unto righteousness, Romans 6, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. They're not, they haven't come uh, in obedience, the Word of God being strong in them and overcoming the wicked one. And there he said, that that was a that was a power restraining that mystery of iniquity, and now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealing his time for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. It's alive, but it's coming to fullness when the antichrist takes over it all. It's not the church. It didn't say the apostolic authority that we're withholding anything. No, we will go through this great tribulation and overcome unto the end. We will be saved. Them that overcome with the same shall be saved. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 10, Luke 21. And we see here. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and the brightness and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now that coming is not the latter rain of the Holy Ghost, but the day of the Lord, when the Lord shall descend from heaven with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together and meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be the Lord. And then that army of the armies of heaven will come down, the Lord with his saints, to render judgment unto the world. And the wicked will be ashes and under the righteous feet. Now, what is very profound is Paul goes on and says that even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with what? With all power and signs and lying wonders. Notice it's signs, all power, signs, and lying wonders. It's a false doctrine. It's those three unclean spirits like frogs, doctrines of devils working miracles. Revelation 16, 13. If you're in a trinity doctrine, friend, I feel for you. If you're, if you're in a doctrine that you do not give Jesus that he is the father of glory, the man Christ Jesus is the father. 
John 8, 24, except you believe I, the man, am he, you shall die in your sins. Speaking of the Father, John 8, 24. That man you crucified, Acts 2, 36, that all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus whom you crucified, that man, God has made that man both Lord and Christ. Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Christ, the Holy Ghost Christ in you, just as Jesus said, I, I will send the Father, pray you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, but you know him, disciples. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Who is that? Jesus in you, Christ in you, the Holy Ghost. Jesus is that Holy Ghost. He is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That is the promise that you've heard of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. Acts 1.8. It's Jesus. He has sent forth the spirit of his son. Galatians 4, 6. When he sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That is one spirit. The spirit of the son, the spirit of the father, one and the same spirit. Don't divide them. Don't go trinity on you. Don't go binary in our tunis. The Lord said unto my Lord, there's only one Lord. And that's by revelation. There's only one God, one spirit, one Lord, one faith. One Father above all, through all, and in us all. The Father in us all, that's Jesus in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He says here that God, through this, uh, he's, this he's allowing this, this man of sin, the son of perdition, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Why? Because those that want to be deceived will be deceived. The ones that will not give Jesus, the man, the glory of the Father, that he is God Almighty, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, they will be deceived with all deceivableness of unrighteousness because he went all the way back to the Father, not beside him, to him. He's entered in. We're sat down with the Father in his throne. Then in the bosom of the Father, not around him, but in him. He is the Father of glory. All power in heaven and earth given unto him. That's righteousness. But they they have all deceivableness in unrighteousness. They said no. Jesus Christ is not that Father. He is not come in the flesh. He's not that Holy Ghost that's come in the flesh. Jesus is not that Holy Ghost that's come in the flesh. Jesus is not that Father that's come in the flesh that's in us all. Jesus Christ, 1 John 4, verse 2 and 3 there, we confess that Jesus Christ, the Father, Jesus Christ, the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Spirit, Jesus Christ, that Holy Ghost is come in the flesh. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the uh, God Almighty, the Lord Jehovah, come in the flesh. And if you don't confess that, then you will are deceived with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and they will not obey the truth. For that reason, Paul is given a very somber, literal warning and exhortation. Don't be deceived, because that is the deception. This is the deception in the last days. This is it. He's he's showing us exactly what John showed us. First John four one through three. Paul is showing us the same thing. Second Thessalonians two. We can't miss that. I mean, it's as plain. When somebody said, "Well, oh, no, the church is out of no, it's not." That's another lie. You're going through the great tribulation, and immediately after the tribulation of those days. Shall the sign of the Son of Man appear in heaven proud and great glory and send his, his angels gather together his elect. There's your gathering. 
What? After the tribulation. What? This is a great tribulation. Since there's never been, since there was a man, neither shall ever be again. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. That's great tribulation. It's only immediately after the tribulation of those days, the great tribulation, that the saints are gathered. That is not national Israel. That's the church of the living God, his elect. When you see Paul said, how serious is this? Paul said that this devil working all miracles with all power, signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Why? Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And that's charity. Charity rejoices in that truth. But you've got to add to your faith virtue, virtue, uh, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godly, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is the place of glory. Then obedience to the Holy Ghost that you have overcome to the end. You are not deceived. Charity will cover a multitude of sins because it's obedience to the Holy Ghost. It's obedience to God. It's the bond, the guarantee of perfectness. That's what's going to guarantee you to come to perfection to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Jesus Christ. Be you perfect even as I am perfect. Jesus said, watch here. He said that they all might be damned. Who? Who sent this? For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. God sending it. Don't say the devil is. You give the devil too much, <laughs> too much glory, too much honor. You give too much power. No. God is the one sending this strong delusion that they should believe a lie. You won't give him the glory? You're going to be deceived. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That unrighteousness is he is not God. He is not the Father. Righteousness is he proceeded from the Father, went back to the Father. John 16. That's righteousness. Grace reigns through that. And without that righteousness of God, which we're made in him, the forerunners entered in, we have to go all the way as overcomers. Because him that overcome will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Even as I overcame and am set S-E-T down with my father in his throne. God's the one sending a strong delusion. We have to know the truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, watch what Paul said. Well, is that everybody? Is everybody's going to be damned? No, of course not. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, the true believer, brethren, beloved of the Lord, that's a church, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. Through what? Through I confess Jesus? That I just said, oh, Jesus, come into my heart. Or oh, I said the sinner's prayer. I believe Jesus is, is the Son of God. No. Through sanctification of the Spirit, through obedience, and belief of the truth. That belief of the truth means to trust and adhere to and obey that truth. It's through that sanctification you're going to obtain salvation. Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. How much truth? All truth. Well, I thought Acts 2.38 was it. I thought John 3.16 was it. No. Who you yield your members of service to obey him, the service to who you obey, of obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. Romans 6. 
It's time for you to stir yourself up as believers. Come you out of the denominational pre-trib raptures. Come out of Jesus as second person of the Godhead. All of these are seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. But they come in the name of Jesus. They say they love Jesus. Jesus said they would. They'll come and deceive many in my name. The devil's the most religious person you'll ever meet. He sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He's not on the front pew. He's behind the pulpit. (laughs) My Lord Jesus, the saints of God that know the truth, sanctification of that spirit. Wow, how do you sanctify yourself holy, both spirit, soul, and body? How? You sanctify yourself holy. How? Through the belief of the truth and obedience unto righteousness unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the what? How far are you going? To the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said, oh no, we can't do that. We can't come unto perfection. You can't obtain that glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't come to a perfect man to the measure of the statue of Jesus. Well, you're called for it. You're called for it. And God said you can obtain it. That's what he said. Somebody said, I don't believe it. That's the word. Then you are the one because you said it can't be done. You're denying the word of God. You're denying the leading and power of the Holy Ghost to lead you and guide you into all truth. Somebody said, well, we'll understand it in the sweet by and by. Honey, in the sweet by and by, you won't be there. You've got to get it down here. In the days there, the Lord is perfecting his body to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Not in the sweet by and by. There's not a second chance here. God has provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. That is the work of the ministry, friend, unto perfection. Let's see what the feeling is. To obtaining this truth, to obtaining this glory, the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he said. To the attaining, look at it, what it says. To the obtaining of the glory. That's 2 Thessalonians 2.14. Underline it. Believe it, friend. Go get get involved. Join yourself to the true body of Christ, not some denomination. The body of Christ is not a denomination. It is a functional body, spiritual body, naos, not a brick and mortar temple, but a naos, a spiritual body of Christ, Jesus the head, you, the body of the Christ. Your lively stones. You're a holy priesthood. Somebody said, well, they're priesthood, but they're not holy. We have light sheets and steels. That's a carnal-minded. Could be carnal-minded as death. But I said, well, we're still going to follow them, forgive them. Friend, <laughs> you better. You buy the fruits. By their fruits, you shall know them. Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. Against such there is no law. You'll know them by their fruits. You have to know that good tree brings forth good fruits. By their fruits you shall know them. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which we have been taught, you have been taught, whether by word or or epistle. Now the Lord Jesus Christ himself, in God even our Father, which is and is even our Father, 
which hath loved us and hath given us an everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Our grace reigns through righteousness. What's that? Righteous all the way to what? The glory, obtaining the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my friend, that you be established. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Not just good word, can't just speak it, and work. Let's go to Revelation 7. Seal the servants of our God in their forehead. I heard the number of them that were sealed. In their forehead? Yes. So they will be able to stand in those judgments of God. What is that sealing? Go to Exodus 28. Let's see what that sealing is. We're going to see that first there is a sealing and engraving according to birth. I ran you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the Father. Those two things, criteria. Exodus 28 gives you the garments of the high priest of which you're called as king priest. And you'll see that in verse 9. You'll take two onyx stones, grave on them. That's a sealing. The names of the children of Israel, six of their names on one stone and the other six names of the rest on the other stone according to their birth. When you're birth, born again of the water and the spirit, Acts 2.38, it's according to the birth. You are little children, 1 John 2, 12 to 14. I run you little children because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. They invoke the name of Jesus over you. They have said the name of Jesus, invoked that name, and it's through that name your sins were remitted. Paul had seen the Lord on the Damascus Road. He was blinded. Who art thou, Lord? He had the revelation of the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He had the revelation of the name, I am Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus. And he was blinded, and he had received this sight. And I came to him and said, Brother Saul, I've sent to you to receive thy sight. Now, here's a man that has seen the great light. He's seen God. He knows what is your name, Lord, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Jesus. He is the Lord. He's had the revelation that the Lord Jesus is the Father of glory. He knows what he's called to do. He's going to be a preacher, a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ as an example of long-suffering. And he has been healed of his blindness. And still at that, his sins is not washed away yet. And I says to him, Brother Saul, why tarryest thou? Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. There's only one way to have your sins washed away. It's calling, invoking the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ. There is no other way. You can say the sinner's prayer. You can say, Lord, save me. You can say, come into my heart. Uh, there's nowhere in the word of God that you're born of the water and the spirit, except by born of the water, Acts 2.38, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Of course, after you repented, born of the water, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water, and uh, you will receive the gift. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the spirit. There's only one way. Only one way. Acts 2.38, Acts 16, Acts 10, uh, Acts 19, they were all were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one way. Somebody said, I was baptized Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Well, you didn't take on the name. You didn't invoke the name. 
You have to what? Call upon that name, invoke that name, Jesus Christ. Well, that's little children. And you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father. Jesus Christ is coming to the flesh. The Father is coming to the flesh. The Father above all, through all, and in us all. That's him, Jesus Christ. That's his little children. Now we go on down. Is there more? Yes. I ran to you, young men. Young men, yes, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. How'd you do that? Well, in obedience, being led of the Spirit of God and obeying it. All the ghosts given to them that are obeying, you're the overcomer. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Holy, holy. That means you can't lie, cheat, steal. You've got to speak the truth of the word of God. You can't get led into false doctrine. It's got to be right on in obedience. Paul said, uh, you preach you should not steal. Minister, do you steal? Do you bear false witness? You've got to be first protector of the fruits. You've got to be holy. You've got to be first protector of the fruits. That after you are called, chosen, and then being found faithful in that call, Paul said, God found me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Being first protector of the fruits. It requires holiness. Not a dress code. Well, sure, if you have one, fine. God bless you. A show of wisdom and will worship, not to the satisfying of the flesh. Touch not, taste not, handle not. That's wonderful. But that's not holiness. Holiness is the divine nature of God. It's the divine nature. Through these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us, whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature, holiness. Well, then obedience now, it's according to the tribes. Take a look over here in Exodus 28. We're college king priest. Here they are in the priesthood, garments of glory and beauty. We'll find down here, verse 21, the stones shall be with the names of the children of Israel, 12, according to their names. And each name has a purpose and a work to do. It's according to doing the will of God. Not a hear of the word, but a doer of the word. Everyone with the engravings of a signet. You're engraving again. That's another sealing. Engraved with a sealing. Engraving with a signet. The work of an engraver. Of, of a sealing. And there, with his names, Shall they be according to the 12 tribes, according to the work? Now there's different color stones. According to the birth, it was just an onyx stone upon one shoulder and the other shoulder of the high priest. According to the birth. But this is not according to the birth. You've gone on. Now you have a sardius stone. You go all the way down to that, that jasper. Each stone different in color with a different work. A different ministration. But still, but one spirit. We have different ministrations in the body of Christ, members in particular, but still, one and the self, same spirit, glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. That spirit itself, bearing what? Witness. The spirit itself bearing witness. The spirit of truth. No man knows how he ought to pray, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us. What, the spirit? Oh, no, it's a man, Christ Jesus. The man is that spirit. <laughs> Romans 8, the Lord is that spirit. No man knows how he ought to pray, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered according 
according to the will of God. God worketh in you both the will and do of his good pleasure. The Father works in you according to his good. The word works in the word works in you. The Holy Ghost works in you. God works in you both the will and to do of his good pleasure. Well, you've got to get that mystery of iniquity out of the way. That mystery of lawlessness, not obeying the Holy Ghost. That's got to get, get out of the way. Got to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. Well, now it's according to that. Well, we find that in 1 John 2, 13 and 14. I'm writing you, young men, because the word of God is strong with you. You've overcome the wicked one. And now there's a last day sealing. We've been in that Pentecostal reign for over 2,000 years or two days. Now we're in the third day. And in that third day, I'm going to raise you up and you will live in my sight. If you follow him to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as a morning. He'll come to us as a rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. We're talking about the perusia of the latter rain for the work of the ministry in three and a half year Jesus ministry before he comes a second time without sin and salvation. That's the work of the ministry which you are called for, but it requires obedience to the Holy Ghost. Well, what's that last day sealing of the servants of God in their forehead? Not on it, in it. Well, you're either going to have that seal of God in your forehead or you're going to take the mark of the beast, 603 score and 6, in their forehead or in their right hand. The seal of God is in our foreheads. We are the body of the Christ, and that hand working there, uh, the hand is apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastor, and teachers. Solomon, you must have, he has a, hot, a, a vineyard in Baal Haman. Solomon, you must have a thousand. Thousand is perfected glory of God. That's the reason no man, Adam, lived until a thousand years. But there will be a thousand year millennial reign of Jesus Christ under perfection. Of Adam literally making a great nation of, uh, of, of Abraham in Israel, and Israel shall all nations of the earth be blessed, Genesis 12. That's a promise to Abraham, the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to those patriarchs. That is uh, the nations there during the millennial reign of which will the body of Christ will be reigning and ruling over them as kings, priests, reigning with the Lord for 1,000 years. To have that sealing of God in their foreheads. They will work the works of the ministry. They will not be deceived. The work and the mark of the beast, let him that hath wisdom count the number of the beast, it is the number of a man. There's that mystery of iniquity. That man, man-made doctrines, man-made denominations. Not believing the Holy Ghost, not going on to perfection. Oh, they say, oh, you can't do that. Well, you got to sin a little bit every day. No, little children, I write unto you that you sin not. What's ever born of God doth not commit sin. They said, but if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, the man Christ Jesus. In other words, as a sin unto death, a sin not unto death. As sin unto death, I say not you should pray for it. For all unrighteousness is sin. What's righteousness? You go in the measure of the stature of Jesus walking in his footsteps to until you receive the promised possession through obedience of the Holy Ghost. The obedience, obeying the truth and being sealed with that Holy Ghost, that Holy Spirit of promise.
There, he says, there's one more sealing there of the fathers. I write unto you, fathers, because you've known him. That's from the beginning. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him. That's from the beginning. That's the word. That's a word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. You know him. That's from the beginning. All things were made by him. That's the word. That's the son of man revelation. He's the head. You are the body of the Christ. Members in particular. You are my battle, battle axe. You are my weapons of indignation. Jeremiah 51. You'll see that God has a great work of men that will be wondered at. Zechariah 3. We will get into this in detail. But right now, very, very simply, understand that you must go on unto perfection. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not called for that, to obtaining of the glory. Not some lesser glory, but to the obtaining of the glory of Jesus Christ by keeping his word and his work established in it. That after you have suffered for, for a while, for a season, you've suffered for a season, God established, strengthened, settled you. And that is the sealing. Sealing of the servants of God in their forehead. Take a look at Exodus 28. We find the last one there is Exodus 28 and verse 36. And thou shalt make a plate of pure gold. Engrave upon it. That's that last sealing. The engraving of a signet. And the engraving of a signet holiness unto the Lord. Holiness to the Lord, all capital letters, all bold letters, holiness to the Lord. All capital letters, all bold letters. Why? Because that is uh, obedience under righteousness unto holiness, partaking of his divine nature, obtaining the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Holiness without, without which, that holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That's the final engraving of a signet. That's the final uh, sealing of God's people, the servants of God in their forehead. It's holiness. Zechariah 14, there uh, the Lord will be Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there throughout the millennial reign and all upon the horses upon all the pots and vessels will be holiness to the Lord. Zechariah 14. Holiness unto the Lord. All capital letters again. That's the only ones going in that have obtained the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, don't let anybody tell you any different. That mystery of iniquity doth already work. It must be crucified. Paul said, I died daily. I bring under my body and bring it into subjection. To what? To the Holy Ghost. Pulling down strongholds and every imagination that exalts itself against Christ. Learned. Paul said, I've learned to be a base and to abound. I've learned in whatsoever state that I'm in, therewith to be content. For God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord and the apostolic authority of the church and the body of Christ will be there. He said, uh, go ye all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you, commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Jesus, and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, Jesus. And lo, I'm with you always. How, how long are you with us, Jesus? Until the end of the world. Amen. Matthew 28, 19. You can see over and over again 
Revelation 6, the fifth seal. Sound of the altars of them that were slain for the word of God. The testimony which they held. Which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image. And they said, O Lord, holy and true, how long will it be before thou avenge us on them that dwell upon the earth? How long? White robes of righteousness were given to each one of them. How long will it be before you avenge our blood upon them that dwell upon the earth? They're still on the earth. Somebody said, well, that's because, uh, you know, it's already been a rapture. No, until your brethren and those that should suffer and be killed as you were should be fulfilled. It's not Israel after the flesh. That's a service of God. Right. Blessed is ho blessed and holy is he that hath part in that first resurrection. He's blessed and holy. On such a second death hath no power. Blessed are they that die in the Lord. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, their works do follow them. There is a time, times and three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days of great tribulation. During that time, the body of Christ will come to the measure of the statue of Jesus, and there will be a great kingdom against kingdom. The, the wicked ones against the body of Christ, kingdom against kingdom. The good news is the body of Christ, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. We will win the battle. Never don't let anybody tell you you can't come into the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ that you cannot obtain the glory of Jesus Christ because you're called for that. From the foundation of the world, you've been called for that. And we've grown, and there, the embryonic church in Acts, the second chapter, to the fullness of Jesus Christ, as is mentioned in Ephesians 4, 11, 12, 13, growing up into him in all things, not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Revelation 19, that the armies of heaven come in with the Lord Jesus Christ. When he comes to the earth, there, and gathering his, his harvest putting in a sickle, gathering together his harvest. And he will come with 10,000 of his saints there to be glorified, setting up his kingdom in the world and this earth for 1,000 years. And we are kings and priests and will reign with him for those that have overcome, that are holy, without spot, without blemish, a glorious church. If you have questions, give us a call. You can write to us uh, there at DennisBeard.org. Tune in to the podcast daily, sealinggodspeople.org. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus, sealinggodspeople.org.